Dear songwriter, so you've written your first verse and your first chorus for a song you're working on and you want to get to that second verse, but you're having trouble figuring out how to transition back to that verse melody and your next verse smoothly. You've tried maybe just going right back into it, but that feels a little abrupt. Maybe you've tried throwing in like an instrumental interlude where you take a break from the lyrics, which could maybe work, but it still feels like it's not connecting. Maybe that's where you decide to put the bridge of your song in, but that's making the song feel clunky and disorganized. I have to ask, have you ever considered using a post-chorus? Do you know what that is? I certainly didn't. I mean, I guess based on its name, I could figure out what it was when I first heard someone mention it in passing, but I didn't really know how it was used. So in this episode, we're going to take a look at two songs by Sia to see how she uses the tool that is a post-chorus. We're going to break down what she does lyrically and melodically in two of her songs, Unstoppable as well as Chandelier, so that you yourself can try using a post-chorus in your next song if it makes sense to. And I'll even pose the questions you could ask yourself when deciding whether or not your song could have a post-chorus. My name is Connor Frost. I'm a professional songwriting mentor who's helped hundreds of songwriters now to write their first collection of songs. And this is Dear Songwriter, the podcast to help you confidently write and release your music so that you can live your most musical and creative life. Let's get into it. Okay, welcome to the show, episode 95, which is cool. I've talked about Sia in the past on this show, and I've posted content breaking some of her songs down. And I think there's a couple of reasons for it. One, I think objectively, it's just good pop music. Two, she definitely leans into using song structure. And I think when you do what I do as it relates to helping people write their first collection of songs, oftentimes song structure is the thing that feels the least natural to some people. It can feel natural to come up with words off the top of your head or come up with melodies, but how to put verses together with choruses to then feed into a bridge. Oftentimes, that is the least natural, least familiar for the audience that I'm speaking to. So Sia just really is a song structure artist, and I appreciate her for it because I am a song structure person as well. And I believe song structure is kind of what turns ideas into songs. The post-chorus came up in certain conversations that we were having about Sia, we being me with my students. And so I decided to kind of just break down how she uses a post-chorus. So before we do that, before we dive specifically into her songs, let's first talk about what a post-chorus is. Now, a post-chorus, as I define it, is the part that comes immediately after the chorus, hence post-chorus, which adds an extra layer of conclusion to the chorus while also transitioning us back into a verse. You might use it, again, to give that feeling of conclusion to wrap up the chorus while also bring us to the next section, like I just said, but also accentuate parts of the chorus potentially and utilize the tool of repetition or to introduce another melody, another lyrical idea, whatever it might be. 
Okay, so let's start with the song Unstoppable. And I'm not going to play these songs over this episode. So what I would suggest is either pause and maybe listen to this song or afterwards, if you want to take some notes now, then listen to the song and see uh, what I'm talking about. So let's first talk about Unstoppable. So why I'm calling the section that she has that I'm discussing a post-chorus is because there's a clear break in the instrumental right after the chorus. And it very nicely transitions us into the next verse. So kind of like what I was saying, right? It creates this extra feeling of conclusion and also transitions us into the next part. And because there's this little break in the instrumental, for me, it feels like a clear first conclusion to the chorus to then bring us into the post-chorus. Now, what I will say is that some might argue that the whole thing is a chorus as opposed to chorus and post-chorus, right? And I would say if that's how you want to view it, I'm totally fine with that. At the end of the day, it's just semantic. So if you don't want to call it a post-chorus, that's fine. But I definitely think it's important to kind of view it as two different sections because in Viewing it as two different sections, it allows you to consider the listener through this and consider the pacing of the song. Okay, so if we were to take a look at her chorus slash post-chorus, the lyrics, pretty straightforward if you heard the song, I'm unstoppable, I'm a Porsche with no brakes, I'm invincible, and I win every single game, I'm so powerful, I don't need batteries to play, I'm so confident, yeah, I'm unstoppable today. And then there is that short instrumental break, which I am calling the end of the chorus. And then it goes into unstoppable today, unstoppable today, unstoppable today. Yeah, I'm unstoppable today, unstoppable today, unstoppable today, unstoppable today. Yeah, I'm unstoppable today. Okay, so clear break in the instrumental, then goes into that part, which essentially just repeats the line unstoppable today x amount of times i think over the course of probably like four measures or something like that i would have to count okay so let's talk about lyrically there's that clear break and then we go into just repeating that motif unstoppable today taking a clear theme of the song and just repeating it to create a catchy melody, to drive home the theme of the song, whatever it might be. Sia is using this post-chorus to do exactly that, right? After we get to the last Unstoppable today, at the end of the post-chorus, it goes right into the next part, which after the first chorus goes right into a second verse. And then after the second post-chorus, it goes actually back to the pre-chorus, which kind of functions as a bridge. So again, that post-chorus that she's using also functioning as a way to transition into the next section, which harkens back to the definition that I was giving at the beginning of this episode. Melodically, what's happening? So melodically, not much is changing going from chorus to post-chorus. So what's happening lyrically, it just feels like she's basically just accentuating the part. There's that feeling of repetition, both lyrically and melodically. I would argue that energy-wise, it's like a little bit lower, perhaps, because we're concluding the part of the song. There isn't that same lift and power that we hear in the production for both the pre-chorus and chorus, but effectively the melody and the lyric motifs are staying the same in the post-chorus. Okay, so that's Unstoppable. That's an example of how she uses a post-chorus in Unstoppable. Hey, songwriter, real quick, want to invite you in 2024 to join the Songwriter's Vault. The Songwriter's Vault is an exclusive community where we host free songwriting classes, we network 
with those who are also songwriters, producers, whatever it might be, and just generally encourage each other along our respective journeys. So if you are feeling like you want to level up your songwriting in 2024, I want to invite you to the Songwriters Vault. It is totally free to join. Just go to connorfrost.com, C-O-N-N-O-R Frost, F-R-O-S-T dot com slash Vault, V-A-U-L-T podcast, Vault podcast, and you will see the invitation. You'll throw in your email and you will get access to the Songwriters Vault. I will see you there. Let's get back to the episode. Let's talk about Chandelier, which is a little bit different in terms of how she's using it, right? So I'm calling it a post-chorus in Chandelier because, again, there's another clear instrumental break. So that is similar to Unstoppable. It does go into a motif that does not necessarily belong to the chorus. And her chorus is very high, long notes, rubato in nature as she's performing it. And then it does go into a new motif or a motif that's separate from the chorus. But in so doing, it does transition us into the next verse. Okay, so let's take a look at the chorus lyrics followed by the post-chorus lyrics. So here are the chorus lyrics. I'm going to swing from the chandelier from the chandelier. I'm going to live like tomorrow doesn't exist, like it doesn't exist. I'm going to fly like a bird through the night, feel my tears as they dry. I'm going to swing from the chandelier from the chandelier, okay? Then it goes to the post-chorus. But I'm holding on for dear life. Won't look down, won't open my eyes. Keep my glass full until morning light because I'm just holding on for tonight. Help me, I'm holding on for dear life. Won't look down, won't open my eyes. Keep my glass full until morning light because I'm just holding on for tonight, on for tonight. And then we transition into the next verse. Okay, so let's talk about the lyrics here. The lyrics for this post-chorus kind of expand upon the imagery similar to how we might see in a verse, right? So not only does it expand upon the imagery, but it also gives us a different perspective from which she's telling the story, telling us in the chorus she's going to swing from a chandelier and then giving us that point of view from actually being at the chandelier or on the chandelier, expanding upon this idea lyrically, doing so in the post-chorus. Another thing as a quick aside, is that the line, I'm just holding on for tonight, which we hear in the post-chorus, she actually repurposes that line and that melody in her outro, which ends the song. So that's something to think about, right? Whatever you use in your post-chorus, could you take part of it or the entire thing? And can you use it as part of or your entire outro? And that's definitely something you can think about if you're deciding to do a post-chorus, which I'll get into later. So melodically, what's happening? So the chorus, like I was saying earlier, really high notes, really long notes, fairly syncopated, fairly rubato, whereas the post-chorus melodies definitely are much lower and it does contrast significantly with the chorus. So this is different from Unstoppable, where the chorus and the post-chorus melodies feel very similar. In Chandelier, that is not the case. Okay, so those are two of Sia's songs, Unstoppable as well as Chandelier. Like I said, if you haven't yet, go listen to those songs. So now let's talk about how to decide if you want to use a post-chorus in your next song. So question number one is, do you have a catchy lyrical line that could be repeated in your chorus specifically. So similar to like in Unstoppable. Is there some sort of motif that you want to repeat in the lyrics? And this is something that I actually am doing 
for a song of mine that I'm writing, right? So I have this line, you're not from here, which I introduce earlier in the song and I'm taking that lyrical line and I'm creating a melody and putting it in a post-course. I can let you know how that goes. (laughs) Question number two, are you having trouble transitioning back into the verse? So like I was saying at the top, if you are not really sure how to get back into the verse from that first chorus, whatever it might be, this could be something that you try. Question number three, is there something left unsaid in your chorus that you want to throw in there? Speaking to Chandelier, she wanted to expand upon this idea of swinging from a chandelier and in her post-chorus started to speak from the perspective of being on the chandelier, being scared and whatever those lyrics were. And then the last question I would ask is, do you not have a bridge? If you don't have a bridge, if a bridge isn't feeling like it fits with your song, kind of a conventional bridge, which goes later in the song and happens once and connects your choruses, a post-chorus might be an interesting alternative if you're feeling like you want an extra section, but a bridge is just not sticking. So think about that as well the next time you are writing a song. So I'll go through those questions one more time. Do you have a catchy lyrical line that could be repeated? Are you having trouble transitioning back into the verse? Is there something left unsaid in your chorus that you want to throw in there? And do you not have a bridge? So you can ask those questions for yourself. Okay, that is it. Thank you so much as always. I will talk to you next week. No idea what the episode will be about. Haven't thought about it, but I'm looking forward to it. Thanks again, as always. Talk to you soon.